0: Good morning. This morning we celebrate the end of our liturgical year as well as our jubilee year of mercy as we celebrate the feast of Christ the King. Now, Relatively speaking, this is a recent addition to our liturgical calendar established in 1925 by Pope Pius XI. It was in response to the growing sense of secularism that was taking place right after World War I. In other words, Pope was concerned about how the focus of so many people was moving away from Christ and in favor of worldly desires. At that time, the decadence of the Roaring Twenties was in high gear, and people were focused on many things being their king, and the least of which was Christ. Looking to redirect this focus, Pope Pius issued an encyclical establishing the solemnity of Christ the King. His rationale was that it wasn't enough for us to hear the gospel stories each weekend, but we needed to celebrate them. We needed to make them part of our lives. In short, the Pope was calling for us to actively participate in the celebration of Christ being our true king. That simply reading about Christ isn't enough. Rather, we need to respond to and answer our baptismal call to be a disciple of Christ, to follow Christ, to be like Christ the King. But what does that look like? Because there's no shortage of many false kings that we pay homage to. So what sets the priorities in your life? Who or what is your king? Is your king prestige and money? Maybe it's your job, social media accounts, your ego, for kids, music, clothes, perhaps it's food, alcohol, drugs. Is the focus of your life worrying all about what others think of you and trying to live that life versus being truly who you are as a beloved child of God? Lately, it would seem politics has been a dominating king in all of our lives. If you're like me, maybe you are exhausted from being barraged these past eighteen months with divisive rhetoric from both sides of the aisle, filled with anger, fear, hatred, and then getting seeing it repeated over and over again and amplified through social media. Language and actions devoid of love and mercy. And now we sit wondering why there is an increase of crimes dealing with hate. How about one are the priorities in our community when a half marathon is held on a Sunday morning, when the finish line is planted in front of a Baptist church, while many of our streets are closed or detour while everyone is trying to get to their house of worship? See, I get what Pope Pius was trying to do 90 years ago. I'm just not too sure we've made much progress. I understand that many worldly kings have much more appeal than the king who reigns from the throne of a cross, the king whose royal crown is made of thorns, not gold. By virtue of our own baptism, each of us being anointed priest, prophet, and king, we're called to take our prayer and our blessings and our communion and this body of Christ and take it outside these four walls and take it into our daily lives in all that we do, in all that we encounter. In other words, to make the gospel stories our stories. In his book, The Gates of the Forest, Eli Wiesel tells the following parable. When the city was in trouble, Rabbi Bashem would retreat to a certain place in the forest to light a fire and to say a prayer, and the misfortune that was upon his people would be avoided. After this first rabbi died, the task fell to the second rabbi, who knew both the place in the forest and the prayer, but didn't know the ritual for the lighting of the fire. Nevertheless, he did what he could, and the misfortune was avoided. The third rabbi knew only the place, but forgot the prayer and how to make the fire. But this, too, was enough, and the misfortune was avoided. Generations later, the task fell to a rabbi who knew neither the place, nor the fire, nor the prayer. He simply remembered the story. All he could do was feel deep compassion and mercy for his people, and tell them the story. And that was sufficient to avert the misfortune. See, in his own way, Wiesel was saying the same thing Pope Pius was saying, which I think is necessary more today than ever. It's not just enough to come here each Sunday and hear us read the gospel stories from this ambo. You need to make the gospel story part of our story. To carry it with us with what we do each day. And just this past year, we heard many great Lucan stories about the good news of God's love and mercy and compassion as Jesus ministered to sinners and outcasts of his society. The story of the repentant prostitute who washed the feet of Jesus with her hair and tears. The tax collector Zacchaeus, whose encounter with Jesus changed him to be an honest man. The good Samaritan who moved with compassion was the only one to stop and help the injured one by the road. My favorite, the prodigal son, welcomed home into the arms of a loving father. Mercy-filled stories of how to love your neighbor, help those who may hate you, bless those who may curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you gospel stories of people like you and me presented with an alternative option of how to live their lives, reminding us that the true sense of kingship is not gained by the understanding of canon law and cyclicals and doctrines, but rather through the practical and daily commitment of walking with Christ. For as broken as we are, despite the mistakes we make and even as blinded as we can all be, Christ is always, always by our side. Jesus was always eating with the wrong people at the wrong time on the wrong day, with non-Jews and sinners and prostitutes ignoring all the purity codes of his time. Indeed, Christ formed a new community and new unity wherever he went. And likewise, today we are called to do the same, which requires us to review our priorities, requires us to revisit who and what we hold as king in our lives requires us to make decisions that bring us closer to God. Pope Pius was right on track in our need to have correct focus of kingship in our lives. And just a few weeks ago, Pope Francis published six new Beatitudes that focus on our need to accompany other people, to see the other person first, of our need to be Christ in our daily lives, of bringing all creation to fullness and wholeness through our participation. But we know it's not easy. At times, we're filled with fear and anxiety. We're not perfect. We fail. We're broken. And we don't always make the right decisions. And we're not like Christ often. But it's okay. Look on the cross. Christ hangs there with his arms outstretched. As we heard in the second reading, he holds all things together, forgiving all things, reconciling all things, and loving each of us unconditionally, just the way we are. Love abundantly and freely given, never earned. So as we end this liturgical year and this year of mercy, may we remember that Christ's kingship is not one based on human might, rather on human mercy. It's a kingship not rooted in human power, but rather on loving and serving the powerless. And in doing so, may we have the faith and courage to see and to speak and to believe and to trust and to love this son of David, this Jesus the Christ, this Christ who is our king.